Blog Talk Radio. How you doing, Tamara? 
Can you guys hear me? My voice is a little raspy. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. Good evening, ladies. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm trying to fight a sinus infection, but other than that, I can't complain. Oh well, we won't we won't be long tonight. We'll try to wrap it up by ten ten thirty to give you a rest. But um, tonight we're going to be discussing a topic that a lot of people don't, uh, a lot of women sometimes don't realize or are afraid to talk about, and that's uh, postpartum depression. So um, let's just dive into the topic. What do you? Um, <clears throat> how do, how would a woman know that she has postpartum depression? Oh, that's a, that's an interesting question. Um, I guess first and foremost to truly know yourself and where your emotions lie. Um, I had heard about postpartum depression, read about postpartum depression um, with my previous pregnancies. Never really um, suffered postpartum depression until the last baby, Carriel, who's a year now. Um, shortly after having her, I had to have an emergency C-section, which was my first. Um, I think that puts you in a different state of mind. So I have mad, mad respect for any woman that has to have multiple um, C-sections or any um, C-section for that matter. Um, I didn't know I had postpartum depression until I was coming out of it. Um, that might wow. sound, That might sound strange. To some, or some might be like, oh, well, how did you not know? Well, one, I didn't want to accept the fact that I was depressed. Um, two, okay. I, didn't under, I didn't understand why I was depressed. I was newlywed. I had just had a beautiful baby girl. My life um, was where I pictured it to be, loving husband, great family, a lot of support. Um, so I didn't understand why I was depressed, but I found myself in a state where I had to be off longer from work because of the season, mm-hmm. so the healing process is longer. Um, I was basically at home with the baby. My mom took off work for a week to come and help, you know, keep the house clean and get things done and clean up a little bit to make sure that I wasn't doing too much because I'm clean too much. When it comes to sitting down, I don't know what that means sometimes. Um, but I will find myself sometimes going through emotional roller coasters. Um, I'll be happy one minute, sad the next, angry the next, frustrated the next, crying my eyes out the next. Um, my husband would always be like, are you okay? Do you need anything? What can I do to help? Sometimes I find myself snapping at him unwarrantedly, not really understanding why. Um, I really didn't understand it. I didn't. I didn't understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling and where it came from. Um, I, I would get into my word. I would pray. I would tell myself, oh, you shake it off. It's okay. It's not a big deal that you can't move around, you know, I would be frustrated about that. Not a big deal that you can't get up and go like you used to. I was frustrated about that. 
see that everyone did around me was making me mad or making me sad mm-hmm. or making me emotional, and I didn't quite get it. It wasn't until one night, maybe three weeks, four weeks in my recovery, I was laying in the bed. My husband was at work, had just fed the baby and put her down. I was frustrated with the fact that I wanted to breastfeed really, really bad and couldn't couldn't produce enough milk. Um, the, the breast mm-hmm. pump wasn't working. Her lactinone wasn't working. So that within itself also was very frustrating for me. I was laying in bed one night and was talking to God like I do any other night. And I was just bawling, again, uncontrollably, not really understanding it. And it came clear as day. You're depressed. You're, something's missing. Mm-hmm. Something is not to your satisfaction. Tap into the emotion and figure it out. And it was like, oh, God, okay. I heard him plain as day. Got up the next morning, and I felt so so much better. It was like a load was lifted off my shoulders, but still not understanding that I was depressed and didn't know why I was depressed. So not knowing makes it difficult because you don't know what you're dealing with. If that right. makes sense. Um, yes, I and I heard, you, I heard you. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Now, I said I heard you uh, speak of uh, having the uh, C-section, and I know yes. that I had uh, three. I had three C-sections with all my children, and I know that the last one uh, was uh, it was a bit it was a bit uh, deeper than you know it was a bit more than just a standard procedure that I right, went through with right. my boys with my with my daughter. It was like some extra trauma with it, and I wound right. up having to get a uh, I wound up having to like get a blood transfusion. Uh, we we had just recently got married. Um, we had travel, you know. We had went we went out of state and got married. Then we came back. Um, he had to go in the hospital, so it was like a lot of stuff going on. Plus, like different things from my job that I was going through on my job, just dealing with some discrimination with you know, like the male and fem- uh, male and female stuff. And so I found myself also spinning out of control. And feeling like I couldn't handle it, but I could not, I didn't have, it was like I didn't have time to, like, take care of myself. I I didn't have time to have uncontrollable crying spells. I didn't have time to just lay in the bed, you know. So it's like I'm going every day dealing with this, like, sense of rage on the inside. And um, it was like, it, it it was like, it was like a deep, a deep pain, like, Nobody was understanding what I was going through, and um, I had a lot of things working out good, but it was just like, oh, you know, it was a lot of things that were just very, very overwhelming, and all of it was happening during my pregnancy, and then also a lot of the results and stuff came, like, afterwards, and then I had already went through, you know, went through a traumatic delivery, and... The the research that I was dealing with, they were just saying that sometimes the um, some women are more prone to postpartum, like based on the circumstances going on in their lives, and even like sometimes they're like genetic makeup, like if they um, 
you know, if they're more prone, like, to the gestational diabetes, more so like anything that kind of occurs in the pregnancy is they're, they're more prone to uh, suffer from post, postpartum because of those um, traumatic, you know, kind of like those, those incidents that cause a little bit of stress and a little bit of worry. Right, right. I mean, it was it was difficult for me because my previous pregnancies, I had my babies, I did my healing at home, and I was still able to get up, move around, clean up if I needed to, mm-hmm. run to the store if I needed to, tend to the other kids if I needed to. And it's like with this last pregnancy, it took a lot out of me, the pregnancy wasn't complicated, but it was like because I was older, having a child, everything yes. hurt, everything was shifting. Mm-hmm. I'll have mood swings. I was emotional. It was just so much. And then to have to, I was in labor for 28 hours, actually, and then for it to end in an emergency C-section just really did something to yes. my mental. And yes. trying to understand, like, okay, here I am, just got married, um, loving husband. I think I was frustrated because he was working a lot and wasn't really at home that much. Um, Mm -hmm. But he was doing what he had to do because he was doing work, you know, and it was mad, like, why y'all got to be gone and why you not here helping me go through this? You know, I did. I still had two other daughters that I had to tend to and make sure they were okay, and they had what they needed because I didn't want them to feel no certain kind of way. But because of mm-hmm. the severity of the C-section, them having to cut so many layers to get to her and, you know, the way that mm-hmm. I was stitched back up, I had the extra weight, and then I now had the extra meat over my, over my stomach, and that was depressing. Like, oh, my God, I'm fat, and I don't like the way I look, and, <laughs> I just battled with so many different emotions. And then again, still never embraced the fact that I was depressed. Like I was in denial about being depressed. It wasn't wasn't until I cried out to God, like, help. Because I don't understand where I am right now. Um, If not, it's something that people want to admit. No one wants to admit to. Right. Right. Because a lot of of times you have the women who, um, there's many phases of it. Like you get the emotional, like you say, the emotional roller coasters. And then you also have the women who is like, they they just, the the whole, just the entire sight of the baby just totally and completely drives them crazy. So they don't have an attachment to the child. Some women start to hallucinate, you know, who hallucinate. And start to hear voices, and so you know you having you hearing these voices telling you to harm yourself or harm the baby, and then you also have the the um the anxiety attacks and the panic, you know the panic, you know just in the constant worry of did I lock the door, did I clean the bottles, did, you know just just the you know that right. list just gets to running, that list right. just gets to right. running on and on and on, or you just find yourself so overwhelmed that you do have a list and you're just a wreck. And I know that um, it's very nice when your spouse understands. And because uh, right. I know, I know with my uh, with my middle son, 
my husband, he was very, like, he was very attentive. Like, I did not have to, um, you know, I had a C-section, you know, with all my children, but, like, with him, because that was my husband's and our first child together, he was very supportive. <clears throat> I didn't wake up at night at all. Like, he got up at night with the baby, changed the baby, fixed the bottle. He washed the baby up in the morning. So pretty much all I had to do was, like, make sure the bottles were prepped for him and um, just change, you know, check, put the baby, change the baby and put the baby clothes on. So it was a lot of load. He took a lot of the stress off of me that would normally be there. And okay. then I noticed okay. that with my daughter, like, and I noticed that with my daughter, he was a little, uh, he pulled back a little bit because, like, just, uh, you know, changing her and things like that. He's like, you know, he was more concerned, like, I don't want to do anything wrong or, you know, you know, I, right, you know, right. no, I want you to, you know, she a girl, you, you, you deal with her, like, you know, but, you know, when he came home from work, he made sure to get her so I can relax and, you know, he made sure that, like, um, he would go out and, like, walk with me, you know, walk with me around the block just so I could get out and get some exercise and, like, try to get back to myself. But um, it makes a difference. It makes a difference when your spouse understands. Because when, you know, you in that thing all by yourself sometimes, and that's one of the things that it was saying that you just feel a deep sense of dread about just life in general. Right, right. And you know what? That's, that was the truth, though, because my husband worked a lot. He worked two jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine too. So he, he was there, but... He wasn't there, if that makes sense. Like, when he was home, yeah. he would support us. He tended to the girl. He made sure things were in order. But when he wasn't at home, it was like I was resenting him because yes. he wasn't at home. It was like, okay, you should be here with me. I didn't sign up for this by myself. Um, I only had the baby because you wanted another child. You know, those type of thoughts would go through my mm-hmm. head. You know, and he would ask all the time, babe, what's the matter? What can I do to help? Um, did I do something? Talk to me. You know, and I would always be like, nope, I'm fine. Nope, I'm okay. Nope, no biggie. I'll get over it. You know, not really, really, really grasping the fact that I was depressed about where I was in the situation and didn't know how to get that help mm-hmm. or to open up about how I was feeling or any of the any of that nature. Now my husband was definitely supportive, did all mm-hmm. he could do that I would allow him to do and I think that's key. Right. As well sometimes when you're feeling a certain kind of way, you seem to attack the closest people to you. Even though they Absolutely. do anything wrong. Um, so I would find myself catching attitudes and snapping off and, you know, just being just a big, you know what, all the time, and that's not normally who I am. So that was the first sign, like, okay, you are totally and then you, character. And you, and, and you keep saying, like, and still all the while not ever realizing that I'm depressed. So right. when when we when we're when we're saying that like what was what was that you said you cried out to God and what was the like the real turning point for you to say okay this is what's wrong what did you what did you do to get a, start taking care of the situation 
Well, like I said, I cried out to God, how God planned his day. You know, deal with the emotions. Deal with the emotions, address it, and go from there. That's like the first thing. You know, it's, it's a cliche, but it's not. When people tell you the first step to healing is to accept whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're trying to heal from, whether it's an addiction, you know, whether it, whatever it might be, you know, you, you think of whatever you could possibly think of that you could very well be um, held prisoner to. You have to be able to admit, oh, my God, I'm depressed, and then figure out yes. why you're depressed. I mean, how else do you explain crying spells? How else do you explain mood swings? How else do you explain being in a position in your life where everything mm-hmm. is going well, but you're still not happy? And I think I was unhappy with where I was because it wasn't what I pictured it to be. You know, we all have right. that vision or that insight on where we want to be with certain milestones in our life. Mm-hmm. And mine just wasn't matching up. The puzzle just wasn't going in the right slots. And I couldn't understand what my part was in that and how to fix it until I truly, truly prayed about it and truly opened up to be able to hear what God had said right. to me. Um, once I and the fact that... And the fact that everybody is not a um everybody is not a believer um right. that will that will you know, that will just go ahead and pray and hear from God, you know, some of the first things to do also is to like not be afraid to reach out for help. Like go to right. you know, right. go to go to the doctor, go to the doctor, get a checkup, let the doctor know what's going on so that he can make a uh you know, he can make a referral to a therapist or a, a family counselor or something like that because a lot of times we don't we don't want to go to counseling and it's not just with having a baby, you know, uh Right. Right. We call it post you know, at the end of the day we call it postpartum and that's because that's after having a baby. But these are, you know, a lot of the symptoms we describe and those are things that happen for people in general who suffer from depression. Uh, anxiety, uh, panic attacks, and different things like that, you know, you have to, like you said, you have to notice that, hey, something is not right, you know, and and you have to, like you said, you have to accept, like, okay, I'm tripping right now because I noticed that, um, I noticed for myself that I was okay after I had the baby. Like I said, I was in a situation with my job and, um, my husband, we were in the process of getting ready to relocate. So, you know, you have to hold it all together. And right. as long as I right. was still able, as long as I was, like, still able to get up and go to work every day and, and you know, just have a routine every day, I could I could kind of hold it together. And, like, when I got home, you know, it was it was normal to have, like, oh, I had a rough day. You know, it was, you could explain it. Or if I would say that was probably a good cover-up. And then when I when we moved, when we finally moved, I went from working full-time to being a full-time mom. So I was at, you know, I got a chance to actually sit down. And what happened to me was that, like, I'm, I'm now I've gone from working every day, and now I'm at home. I have an 18-month-old. Um, my children, we have changed, you know, we've changed cities. You know, we're around different people. 
and I guess the way I expected to blend in with everyone, you know, moving back to where my family is and thinking like, okay, well, you know, you just kind of get in where you fit in or, you know, just pick up where you left off. It's no big deal. And then to find out that it don't work like that. And then right. to have, you know, and then I'm at, I'm at home constantly and I'm, I'm, you know, I wake up, I wake up and I go to sleep. I'm at home and I'm basically doing the routine of the house and not right. having any type of, any type of outlet. It, it just fell down on me like boulders. And I found my, I, was, I found myself, I found myself drowning for a second. I was drowning. I was and my husband, he was, he was at work. You know, he was at work, so I went through that phase of, like, you don't understand. You know, he would, he, sometimes he wasn't as compassionate, like, well, you didn't have to do anything all day but just get up and you've been in the house and this and that. But he wasn't right. understanding, like, you know, right. you get up, you've got to get the kids off to school. You know, he's not understanding that being a stay-home parent, that's a 24-hour job. Like, when the kids forget the lunchbox, forget their shoes, get their basketball uniform, you know, you got to make lunches, parent-teacher conference, plus you have to grocery shop, you know, all, you know, your job don't ever stop. He sometimes wasn't compassionate, and we fell out. Yeah, it was. We fell out for, I was, we, we fell out for a little while. I would tell any woman, um, whether you have a spiritual life or not, the first mm-hmm. key or the first step, is to truly, truly, truly be real and truthful with yourself. Um, mm-hmm. we, us, us as women, we know ourselves. We know our ups and our downs, our good and our bad. Um, and sometimes when we put that cape on, we don't know how to take it off to exhale. Mm-hmm. And that becomes overwhelming. That becomes a lot of pressure. Um, and then you have resentment that sets in, anxiety sets in, frustration mm-hmm. sets in, anger sets in, and then ultimately depression sets in. Um, depression is real, whether it's postpartum, whether it's life, whether it's yes. whatever. Depression is true and it's real, and depression can yes. take you out of here mentally if you don't yes. first Admit if you don't it. get control of it, yes, you it is a definite. It. In, it is definitely an invisible. It's an invisible barrier because it's something only you can see. No one else can. You know, someone else is like literally being on the outside looking in, and you have to. You know, they don't know why. You know, well, what you so tired for? Well, well, what's what's wrong? What's upsetting you? You know, you're not you're not happy. Well, why are you not right. happy? You know, right. you know, and, right. and you, in a sense, you're 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 explaining it, and you're saying this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm going through, and then it's like there is no no relief or no answer that you could get exactly. outside of a person, and it is and and for spiritual people, it's a it's actually a, an attack. It's an attack on you because you you are vulnerable. Your chemicals are all. Um, from you know, your chemicals are all from having your body chemicals are all from having a baby, your hormones, and then you are then you got outside situations that go on that kind of affect you too. So it just it just com- depression comes in and it completely throws you off balance. It blindsides you. It does. 
It does. And and that was what you mentioned about um, the questions and the a human being being there and, and trying to tap into what it is. That was my husband and I, the constant, what's wrong, how you feeling. And I think I was getting frustrated with just that. Like, stop asking me what's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you um, to get you to understand where I am mentally, right. where I am emotionally. You know, yes, I'm happy. I should be happy to lucky. I'm happy, newly married, just had a beautiful daughter. You know, my my life is is ten times better than it used to be. Um, so you, why why aren't you happy? Why aren't you? You know, I think those questions until you fully embrace where you are, those questions frustrate you. And it makes it hard right. for you to communicate how you're feeling or even why you're feeling that way. I couldn't explain to my husband why I was feeling the way that I was feeling. It was difficult because I, I didn't know myself. So when yeah. you're in a state of mind, um, and you're not sure if you're going left or right, up or down. One thing that did truly help me, even after I prayed, so for the women that may not have a prayer life, get a journal. Mm-hmm. Write down your thoughts. Yes. Write down your feelings. Write down the cause and effect. If you have someone specific that you want to vent to about whatever, put that down. On paper, mm-hmm. it helped me because I did all of that along with praying, and it, I was able to truly open up and ad- address and deal with what I was feeling. You're an older woman, and you just had a brand new child. Your oldest is 22, mm-hmm. and your youngest was eight at the time. So I was like, "What are you doing with a baby? You just got married." <laughs> You didn't right. have the opportunity to, to truly enjoy being a wife first. You became a wife. Right. And a few months later, you became a mother to a newborn. A yeah, I was already a, a, a mother with getting married, but a newborn takes on a whole another ram of the game mm-hmm. because that baby is yes, all, all of the man. All of the time is and then if you're restricted, which I was, that makes it even worse. So not only am I dealing with, okay, I'm a newlywed. What does me being a wife look like? How does that work for me? Because when I was a wife the first time, I was 18. I knew nothing about living or being a wife. No, I'm 38. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, you're married, baby, children, work. Even though I was off, my mind was still set on, okay, getting back to work, bringing my money back into the house so my husband didn't have mm-hmm. to save himself to try to make sure that everything was still taken care of. And I had a lot of emotions, and it did not help that he didn't understand. Even though he tried, he would never understand where I was because he wasn't in my shoes. You know, I was frustrated because I wanted to enjoy my husband and enjoy being a wife first to learn what that was and what it looked like. When I had to jump into a NASCAR (laughs) 
it do 200 miles per hour around this lap like 60 million times. Don't stop. Don't pass. You know, it was like, oh, my God, I'm in a time warp. How do I get out of it? How do I get where it is I'm trying to get to um, without feeling overwhelmed, without feeling resentment? I sometimes feel like he got off easy. Like, okay, you wanted the baby. Here I am pregnant, had the baby, but I'm doing all of the work because you're at work making a living for the home. You know, as much as common sense says, the emotional piece of it is, no, I want you here with me. I need you here with me. This is new for me, and I'm going through it by myself. So sometimes the the enemy, the devil, or even yourself can set up barriers and set up problems that in reality mm-hmm. sometimes wouldn't even be there, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know I had a, a big problem um, overthinking, over yeah. over analyzing, over analyzing situations, and then it was just a combination of like the different situations that I had been through, and you know, um, you when you when you mature, you cannot respond the way that you normally would. And I was True. always a big person on. I was always a big person on. I'm speaking my mind. And I had to gain some wisdom about, you know, choosing, picking my battles. And every situation is not a situation where you have to just, you know, give somebody a piece of your mind. Sometimes you just have to let that situation go. Right. You know, find right. find find what it find the lesson in it, deal with it and move on. And then there were some situations, you know, there were some situations that really happened that were, like, totally and completely uncalled for. And you want to speak up, but your your life and your livelihood is more important, so you kind of have to, um, you have to pick, you know, your battles. So I just felt the rush of, I felt the rush of emotion come from, like, those situations that I wanted to handle, but just at that moment, my own wisdom wouldn't let me handle. So I, in a sense, I guess, was feeling like I failed myself. You know, I felt right. like I failed myself. And right. then with the move, and, you know, re- honestly, and with the move and moving, you know, my husband's job transferred and my job didn't transfer. So I was the one having to rebuild, but I had an education um you know, college degree, um, you know, experience in several areas of expert, you know, several areas. And not right, just, right. you know, one year. I'm talking about like five, six years of law enforcement administration, food service, um, uh, higher education administration, secretary, you know, teaching school. I mean, I had so much going for myself and so much to offer. So coming and coming to Chicago, and then it's like literally that whole door of employment just closed in your face, and it's like you putting in applications and nobody's calling you back. It's like, okay, well, what, what, what's wrong here? You know, so I was hit with a lot of things. I was hit with a lot of things, and it was hard to, um, you know, it was hard to, it was real hard to explain. And at, at one point, my husband, he was um, he was trying to understand, 
And then there came a point where it was just like, now, wait a minute. You know, you're not doing nothing. And, you know, it was just like the, I don't understand why you're unhappy. I don't understand why you're unhappy now. And it was hard to, um, it was hard to explain. So I had taken it upon myself to, I took it upon myself to get some help. Right. I didn't go. I didn't go to a traditional therapist. I uh, because I I knew that I I'm not a medication person, so I knew that I wasn't a person that wanted to be doped up on all those different types of medicines. So I went more of a holistic route to to soothe my issues and to um, fix my problems. I went a I went a whole I went a whole another route. You know, I did have to do some journaling, like you said, and the fact that I am a believer, prayer is definitely a big part of my life. But I had to seek some other, I had to seek some other other advice because I couldn't handle it all on my own. It was too much. Okay. It was it was too much. So holistically, go ahead. I think you hit it on the nail when you said you felt like you failed yourself or you felt, yeah. you know, that you, um, because I had that thought process and emotion as well, it was more so like this is not where you imagined your life to be at this point in your life, at mm-hmm. this age of your life. You have so much more to offer and so much more to give and so much more to obtain. Um, I felt like I was stuck. You know, I felt like what's next for me? Is this it for me? You know, a wife, a mother, um, working my job, you know, my my dreams and goals is to own my own um, company. I have a book that I've started and stopped and started and stopped for so long, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, I was like, well, this is the prime opportunity to sit down and really focus on my book, you would think, right? But then I had to point to every time I got ready to start it, I had a writer's block. I didn't know what I wanted to say. I didn't know how mm-hmm. I wanted to say it. And then I found myself rambling on about my feelings, writing down how I felt and why I felt that way. And it was like, Okay, wait. That's not what you were supposed to be doing. You were supposed to be working on right. this or that. You know, to have my mom come and take off work and come for a week, which was a blessing to help with can maintain the house, make sure the house stayed clean, and make because sure, I truly was not able to move around like I normally would. Literally, I think that piece alone frustrated the crap out of me, so I did have to lay in the bed a lot, stay laid, propped up, and things of that nature because I wasn't able to do the things that I was used to doing. I wasn't able to do the things that I thought defined terror. Um, right. So that was difficult because I felt like I was having an auto, alter body experience. Like, wait, wait, mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. That's not who you are. That's not what you said you wanted to do, that's not how you picture that. Like, is this it for me? Right. Is, this, is this where I'm left to be? And, and nothing that I dreamed of or hoped for or prayed for is going to come to pass because this is where I am. I'm stuck. 
know, like Betty quick saying, as soon as you step in it, you're stuck. Right. No matter how hard you fight, the more you fight, the more you sink. You know, so it's just like, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. I'm good. Like, it, it feels, yeah, it feels like you can't win. And I know with myself, I definitely had to, like, literally go back to the drawing board. And I had to start completely over with first admitting I had a problem. And then okay. I realized some things, and I realized some things that I wasn't doing. I was dedicated to everything and everyone else but myself. Amen. And so I started to be, I, I started to be dedicated to myself, and I I started to take like thirty minutes a day and do some type of exercise, even if it was walking in place, um, doing some jumping jacks, uh, some sit ups, just you know something. I, I, you know, I, um, I'm a big fan of, of meditation, so I took uh, 10 minutes out for meditation. If I, even if I had to break my exercise up, like wake up in the morning, do something for 15 minutes, then I meditate for 10 minutes. I start on the housework, and I had put the baby on the schedule, and so I, you know, I would have my free time to do housework and and things like that. Then maybe before I went to bed or something, I would steal my other 15 minutes. But I, I I had to start working back on myself and getting myself back. I had to slowly start pulling myself back together. And it went even to um, just first I had um, just embracing myself and, and where I am and who I am and really my purpose. I had to really, like, I literally had to go back to the drawing board, like, okay, who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And in the process of finding out and understanding my own my own gifts, my own talents, understanding those things, it went to a whole I went through a whole change even in my diet where I had to um you know, I'm looking like, okay, I'm eating a little too much junk food. You know, I had to look at the different things that was, like, sucking the life out of me, like sucking my energy out of me. It wasn't just, you know, oh, I'm a new mom or we just moved or, you know, these emotional issues. I had to look at myself all the way through and say, I can eat better. I, I, you know, I can take care of me better. And so I had to do some things with, like, drinking more water, eating, um, adding different foods to my diet. And just, you know, living, I was living to live versus living to die every day, just getting up and just continuing to just wallow in, this is not right, that is right, I don't have enough of this, or why this and why that. I started waking up every morning wanting to live. Okay. Yeah, that, I think... It's important in that process. I think it's important to remember that even though we feel alone, we're not alone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's difficult to communicate what it is you're feeling or why you're feeling that way. But I would even suggest to any woman that's dealing with that um, is to know who you can and can't trust. Know Absolutely. that. If you can't talk to your spouse, talk to your sister. If you can't talk to your sister, talk to your mama. If you can't talk to your mama, find a best friend. And, and again, journaling is great. 
But sometimes in order to get to that next level, that next step, next chapter, you have to be able to verbalize what it is yes. that you feel it and why you're feeling that way and how you're feeling that way. So whether you cry out to yourself, cry out to God, whether you go to a therapist, whether you vent um, to whomever you feel you can trust with the information to pray for you or not or help you through or talk you through or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, know that you are not alone and that there is someone that you can talk to and communicate what you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. There's there's stages and steps to coming out of depression. Yes, it is. Especially if and, you don't and, even know you're in depression. But you gotta remember and again, not and again, if that is such a it blindsides you and you don't even you know, you don't even realize that that's what's going on. You don't even realize you know, I haven't been out of the bed in three days or I haven't showered in two days or, you know, anything. Right, anything. right, right. <laughs> and it, and it, 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 and, and it gets that way, and it's really tough on a woman who's had a C-section because, like you say, you can't get around. You know, you, your stomach right. is just toe up from the flow up. And although it may, although the stitches may have healed on the outside, you still have that whole inner part that needs it's, to heal yes. and close yes. up on the inside. That although you okay on the outside, and the doctor say you could do some sit ups or you you clear to go work out, your body is not all the way healed. It took me, um, I would say, it took me about six months after each one of my children. Well, my boys, the first two, it took me six months to be, like, where I can move around like a regular person. And then about a whole year before I could, like, really, like, you know, really hit the, hit the um, you know, really exercise without having to feel any type of ache or pain or have any type of discomfort. And then with my daughter, it took me eight months. And with my daughter, it took me eight months before I can um, really walk around and be normal without any aches or pains. And it took a little longer to get back. It took it took a little longer to get back to myself with her just because of the um, trauma from the surgery. Right. So it's, it's you know it's it's kind of easier to set in when you're disabled, so to speak. Yes. Because. <clears throat> And then I think that a lot of times we don't, um, and definitely what you addressed way early with denial. Like you don't want to admit that you, sometimes you don't want to admit that I can't hold it all together or I need some help, I need some assistance with this or this is too much. I'm feeling overwhelmed because everybody look at you like, well, you're strong or you're supposed to be strong. And it's like, hey, every, everybody have a moment of weakness where, like, hey, I need you to hold my hand with this. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't have this all together. This is, this is something else. And it's, and it's hard to admit that because there are a lot of people who will take advantage of you while, while you're, you're down. 
That is true. And I think that's that's why sometimes we don't want to say, like, hey, I need help, because a lot of people that do go see a therapist, it's not that they're just totally, completely crazy and psychotic. They just need somebody to help them organize their thoughts, or they need a sounding board, or, you know, they need a little push in certain areas. And when you, a lot of times when you do tell people your problem, you have the fear of them going to gossip or pass judgment on you. So a lot of people suffer quietly because of that also. That's true. That's true. And, you know, I think for me, I was one of those ones that suffered alone because even though my husband was asking, I never admitted to him until after the fact that I was depressed. I never allowed myself to open up enough to receive the love that he was trying to pour into mm-hmm. me despite of how I was feeling or what I was going through. You know, he was truly, truly, truly giving his effort to figure out what was wrong and what he could do to to make me happy and keep me happy. He did not understand why I was feeling the way that I was feeling, but he was supportive at the same time, if that makes sense, as to yeah. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, I'm here. I don't know what it is, but whatever you need, I got you, you know, and sometimes when you're in that emotional state, and on that emotional roller coaster, you don't truly see that individual for who they are until after you come out of it. You know, right. I said I was very frustrated because I'm like, we knew he was. Like, I don't even really know my husband on a husband's stage. You know what I mean? I know him as a boyfriend right. and a man, but, you know, him being my husband, me being his wife, what is that going to look like for us? You know, so we found ourselves arguing all the time about some of the silliest stuff, um, merely because I was depressed and unhappy, didn't know it, didn't accept it, didn't address it until later on um, in the situation. And that's not. And although my situation turned out good where I was able to come out of it and I was able to be okay mentally, some people don't come out of it in that same manner. Some mm-hmm. people like to see it, hear those voices to take their lives or take the child's life or hurt somebody. Um, some people don't make it mentally and emotionally out of no, they, that struggle of no, they not don't. being happy and being depressed. And you said it earlier. You said it can take you out of here mentally because you can go, you could spiral down so far and hit rock bottom before mm-hmm. you know it. And you just kind of yeah. get, you. it's like what they say, can't get right. Because yeah. it just, you know, it just, it just have overtaken you. And I know a lot of times, um, you know, people don't want to hear a lot about prayer. But as you were saying, you know, cry out, speak it out. You know, those are the things that you, you know, those are that's one of the benefits of having a relationship with God. Like you really do have someone you can talk to. Amen. You, you know, it may not
Okay, uh, women, we seem um, to have lost Tina. I think she might be working on it. Um, but what I will say um, to you women and young ladies that might be listening and maybe dealing with, um, I'm not even going to say postpartum depression, but just depression, period, um, the first thing you are going to want to do um, is accept it, embrace it, admit to it so that you can seek the assistance that you need to get. Um, so whether it's grandmama, mama, husband, brother, sister, cousin, auntie, the dog, it doesn't matter. Or if you just sit in your private space, um, you speak it out loud, what it is that you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Um, and then what you plan on doing to get out of um, that situation will definitely change your life. And it speaks volume um, as to um, how to move forward in the situation, how to move forward um, to get out of that emotional and mental state of mind. I will again um, express how serious depression is and how if you don't um, embrace, if you don't admit, if you don't communicate, if you don't truly tap into the resources that are available to you to vent and get that off your chest, depression can definitely take you out of here um, mentally, emotionally, and definitely physically if you're one of those that hallucinates or has feelings thought processes that you normally wouldn't have um, based off the fact that you are too far gone as far as depression and you feel like there's no um, coming back. Um, But I want you ladies to remember that you are not alone um, in any endeavor that as a woman you have to deal with or have to be faced um, with. Um, I say all the time, um, as women, we need to do more with supporting one another, um, uplifting one another, um, instead of the constant beat down and jealousy and hatred um, and things of that nature. Um, find your prayer partner. If not, find you a young woman that you can talk to, that you can vent to, that you can cry out to, um, that you can spend time with to get to know on a more intimate um, level because the last thing you want to do is be going through that type of feeling and emotion and doing it all by um, yourself. Um, Say, I don't mind. It's the devil's playground. That's the truth. If you are sitting idle, especially in your thought process and your feeling, it is very easy for the, the devil to creep in and play on those um, emotions, whether you have a spirit.